Hey, hey, we are back. It's almost like it, it's almost as if we have devised a way to let people know every time we're back. It's amazing. I know, like we have achieved heights that have never been achieved before. The music isn't enough. No, it isn't. We we need some sort of a just about every radio show has lead-in intro and outro music. It does. But only one that I'm aware of has someone shouting, and we're back, constantly. (laughs) At least on Sundays. It is Free Talk Live. If you're listening, that is the name of the show that you are hearing, that we are speaking on and performing as part of something along those lines. Partaking in? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, The telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Captain's Log, Stardate 07312022. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Joining me tonight, Big Kahuna. And Richie Rich. Happy to have the Big Kahuna back. Thank you for being the substitute, Nikki. Thank you. Uh, so a little later in the program, I have a story about a huge snatch. Coming up. Sounds interesting. And we'll, we'll talk about that. And we we have some other stuff that we want to talk about. There are subjects, uh, as you, if you've been listening on Sunday nights, you already know that we do things a little bit differently here on Sundays than on the other six days of the week of free talk life. Um, subject matter generally a little further off the wall. I'm, I may want, I want to, I might want to pitch a new idea Uh-oh. for Sunday nights, like a throwback, if you will, <gasps> going back to the classic Sunday. Going so back in time. This, in this, time. this week in I time. ran out of podcasts to listen to. What? I, I know it's unbelievable. Did, did you just turn on LRN.FM? No. Uh-oh. Um, but I, I have like the backlog of sovereign tech episodes Yeah, because he'd like relaunched all of the old episodes afterwards. Brian Sovereign, former host of Free Talk Live. Sunday night host on That's Free right. Talk Live. And so I'm listening to one of these like old episodes from six, no, more than that, like a long time ago. Sure. And he was like, you know, he was talking about the Sunday night Free Talk Live and how it turned into like conspiracy talk live. <laughs> and it was the night where all the conspiracy theory people would come out of the woodwork and like lay it on them. Yeah. I was like, oh, I remember those episodes. Those were kind of cool too. So wacky, weird, yeah. and conspiracy. You theory. got a conspiracy theory, Big Kahuna? I'll have to think about that one. Okay. All right. Thought maybe you'd have one just off the top of your head that, you know, is a pet <laughs> pet conspiracy theory. How about you? You got one? Uh, I'm, you know, the, the current situation with like the Dutch farmers. Yeah. I'm convinced that that's a land grab. Well, you know, I, I'm going to go back old school, JFK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly yeah. Uh, that, and probably I, the most popular conspiracy theory. I, yeah. I would have to say. I, I do think it was until an inside 9/11. job. I really do. Well, yeah, until nine eleven, anyway. Yeah, but yeah. Um, then everyone forgot all about JFK, like JF who? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> people put in that the the movie the uh, was it Oliver Stone made yes. the, the, the movie, and people were like, wait. This was a conspiracy theory? Back like, into the left. That's that's Back how they made the movie, the guys. That's how they made the movie. Um, for those of you who listen regularly, you know that uh, I and a whole bunch of other, we'll call them Keeniacs, uh, liberty-loving people here in Keene, have been gathering on Monday nights to watch the HBO series called The Anarchists. Uh, if you're not familiar with the show, it features... 
people who were involved in the creation and delivery of the Freedom Festival known as Anarchapulco. And that alone pissed off all the real anarchists online. <laughs> real anarchists, <laughs> yes. Uh, and so, uh, f- just to clear the air about real anarchists, all anarchy means is uh, an, which is no, and then arcos, which is ruler. It just means no ruler. So as long as you don't want a ruler, you are an anarchist. And that's all that it means. Everything else is completely subjective to your preferences as an individual. So there's a you know a bunch of people out there going, oh, well, I'm an anarcho-capitalist, or I'm an anarcho-communist, or I'm an anarcho-primitivist, or I'm an anarcho-whatever. I will accept the ANCAP label. I So, uh, ironically, I came to the ideas of anarchy through the anarcho-capitalist uh, like YouTube stuff, right? Uh, early Stefan Molyneux, uh, a bit of like Jeff Berwick, yeah, uh, and you know, folks who were the, like the early celebritarians, if you will. I think that's the title that uh, I used to. They were my given. podcast feed used to have the Anarchist on there as well at one point. And while I uh, personally like, I don't know if uh, Mr. Berwick and I would ever be friends. I've never met the man. Um, I don't like that he's into rap. I don't really dig the way he dresses. You know, there's all sorts of criticism. But when he talks about anarchy, all of his words, I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. So I identify with his thoughts on the matter, his philosophy on the matter, uh, regardless as to whether or not, you know, I think I might enjoy hanging out with the person. Uh, and so there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, you can't believe what Berwick says because he's done some bad deals and he's a douchebag and blah, blah, blah. They're lever- leveraging all this. That you know, might all be true towards that. And I don't know. Like I said, I've never met the man. But what I can say is that when he speaks about anarchy, he appears to me to be accurate. Yes. And so I, and I've enjoyed that because he does have a way of sort of dumbing it down. Right. It's not this like huge philosophy that you got to be like a scholar to figure out. It's just no, it just means you don't want to be a slave and there should be nothing controversial about that whatsoever. Yeah, we, we've you know always covered the world's smallest political quiz. And at one point, Mark <laughs> Stevens had the world's shortest political quiz. Mark Stevens was another one. The No State Project. Right. Great and, the, program. and the shortest political quiz was, you know, should goods and services be provided at the barrel of a gun? And that was it. Right. Right. If you say yes to that statist right right if you say no to that anarchist anarchist, because that's how the state operates they provide their quote-unquote goods and services at the barrel of a gun indeed so at any rate uh we're three episodes into this hbo series called the anarchists and uh, i know that richie rich has seen he's up to date i'm up to date but the big kahuna hasn't i have not yet seen it all right lame Yeah, um, you can continue to join. We're doing the Mondays. If you want to join yeah. us, you know you're free to do so. Otherwise, you, you can catch up another time. I can I can set you up with a way to do so. Pirate uh, it like a real anarchist. <laughs> Arr. 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 Um, so the mm, the publication known as Vice uh, has run, of course, a, a hit piece on the anarchists, the television show. And it says real anarchists react to the anarchists. See, a, told you. A new series about crypto bros, right? And th- apparently they're just focusing on the crypto bro aspect of Anarchapulco. Well, okay. And to be fair then, right, the, the narrow scope of the show, The Anarchists, right, focusing only on Anarchapulco yes. and that group of anarchists, 
right, misses the larger anarchy movement that exists, right? It's like at least thus far. Right. Yes, they're not the anarchists. They're like these anarchists. That would be a more accurate title instead of okay. the anarchists. Right. These anarchists. Right. Right. Would probably be a more accurate title. Uh, they do mention, like in the series, they do show some footage of like some people chucking some Molotov cocktails because that's usually the stereotypical image that traditional that, view. Yeah, that that the state has programmed you to yeah, think of yeah. when you hear the word anarchist. You're, oh, you mean people dressed in all black and chucking <laughs> Molotov cocktails, which are bottles with you know wicks sticking out of them that they light on fire and when they smash they turn into fire. If you don't know what a Molotov cocktail is, um, and so. Uh, they do mention that, and they go, but not that kind of anarchist. So they, they do sort of bring the stereotype yeah. out and go, no, this story is not about that. It's about these guys instead. And so yeah, the crypto bros. Into, yeah, the, the, the anti-state crypto bros. So uh, politicians and media pundits often use the term anarchist to conjure images of lawless hooligans causing mindless destru- destruction, warning of a dystopian world that might exist without the rule of law. In reality, anarchists have been involved in some of the most significant political projects of the last two centuries, whether it's striking workers, winning the eight-hour workday, or communities coming together to participate in mutual aid projects. But HBO's new six-part docuseries, The Anarchists, features self-described anarchists of a whole different variety, self-interested capitalists, and crypto bros. And we'll talk talk a little bit more about that here tonight on Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160. Also coming up, a huge snatch. Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. We're a live call-in radio talk program where you can call in and take control of the airwaves, talk about anything at all, whatever you like. No subject is taboo. The only thing you can't really say is, well, all the cuss words that the FCC is like, you can't say those, and if you do, we'll dump you, and then you can't call again for the day so one call per day that's that's the limit these are the rules of free talk live you know who we're talking to and have been for some time can we talk about snatch we could talk about well coming up a little later we're going to talk about a huge snatch oh okay possibly possibly one of the largest snatches in all of history that I'm sounds, intrigued. yeah that that's, sounds intriguing a, a little later we'll talk about that okay. in the studio it is myself the captain big kahuna and rich rich and we've been talking about this, uh, well, we just kind of started talking about the hit piece uh, that Vice has put out for this HBO show called The Anarchists. And we'll find out if it's a hit piece, because it might be accurate. Well, I okay, it. all right. Okay. Uh, I, mm, did I read it? Well, I skimmed it, at okay. least, and so my gut instinct was, generally, if there's a hit piece, it's going to be on Vice, Okay. in my opinion, but... Yeah, well, we will find out. We will continue talking more about that. But first, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We've got Robert in South Carolina calling. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, I was just thinking to myself when I heard you describe an anarchist society, in other words, what you would expect to happen and what you would expect to, to do. Well, actually, it reminded me of the analogy of Don Quixote and Sancho Panza charging the, 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 the threatening windmills. The, the fact of the matter is, is that we're, we're 
we've been trying for, for millennia to develop societies which were more which were more perfect. In other words, societies that would serve our needs equally, justly, and to the extent that we need them. And you can't have that with government interference. Correct. Well, that's that's the that's the quandary. How do you do? It's that? not a quandary. It's not a quandary. It's not a quandary at all. As as soon as you introduce government's violence, right, it becomes unjust. And what's the other word that he used? I missed well, it. Well, well, this becomes unjust, certainly, and inequitable. Violence, government violence, hopefully, in a normal society, in a, in a developed society, hopefully that would that would really never happen. That that hope is very utopian of you, sir. Yeah, and I have a question well, for you, Robert. Do you think sure. that uh, society and government are independent of each other? No, they're not. Ooh, because, interesting. Because then why why are there two different words for them? Well, because the government administration is, is, is the structure, and society is is the whole. You know, is, is the government is, is the administrative structure, and society is the entire structure. In other words, every man, woman, and child in a society is a society. Okay, is so society. you say it's an administrative structure. When I think of administrative structure, I think about. I don't know, filing some paperwork. I think about, you know, I don't know, having some meetings or things of that nature. Uh, why does there have to be violence involved there, if it's an administrative structure? We, we'd certainly hope that violence is at the very, very, very end where you absolutely are forced to, to, to use it. But Well, you might that, hope that, but that's not the reality. The reality is the violence is every day. Every day that I've been alive, governments around the world, doesn't even matter if it's the U.S. or not, but including the U.S., have been conducting war. Now, they might call it kinetic military action. They might call it, oh, uh, you know, we're going to throw some money at these freedom fighters over here. But they are conducting war. If you look up uh, democide, uh, the uh, Hawaii.edu has all of the data available on democide, which is the something like 262 million people that have been uh, their lives have been ended at the hands of governments around the world in just the last century, not including war. And that's just there in war zones. Almost eight billion people on the face of this earth. I'm one of them. I've never experienced political violence in my whole life. I've never even—I don't believe I've ever seen it personally. I've seen it something <laughs> on TV occasionally. Well, yeah. So you have seen. I it. drove by a cop pulling over somebody as I got came to the studio today. Yeah. Have you ever seen somebody get arrested? You ever been pulled over by a cop? Yes. Okay. Congratulations. You've experienced. You've it. experienced it. It's all about power. It's all about violence. They were very, very about kind. control. Been very kind to me. I've never, never had a bad experience actually. Well, yeah, but over. you're also like that, like kind of guy that's you know not really going to stand up to the bully. It's right? the looming threat, right? You don't always see the overt violence, but as you said, the threat is always there. It's the sword of is it Damocles, Damocles, whatever that just hangs over <laughs> every government interaction. I mean, right. the way the police well, dress, I mean, they dress, you know, jackboots and, and very military. You know, it, it's, it's all about imposing power and force. Yeah. I don't care if they were wearing, like, pink dresses, right? They have, you either pull over or, else. or they escalate. Right. And, well, and when it comes to, you know, the administration itself... Right. Uh, if you want to call it that, if you want to call it the administrative you know, piece of society, which it's not, by the way, society is perfectly capable of administrating itself without a giant organization of, that claims a monopoly on violence, that claims they're the only ones who can do it. When you do it, it's wrong. But when they do it, it's cool. 
how do they fund that? How do they fund that? They fund that by threatening people, by threatening them with, hey, we're either going to like, you know, take some money away from you. We're going to garnish your wages. And if you don't like that and you figure out a way around that, we're going to send some guys in costumes who are armed uh, after you and threaten to throw you in a cage if you don't do what they say. And then if you also don't comply with that, then they purport the authority to shoot you and end your life. Well, you know, I, I've never experienced those negative kinds of things. There was a time, one time, when I went to... A, Do you a think CLA. that those things just don't happen? Well, I can, I can tell you what one of my experiences. I went through... A, oh, answer a the question. Do you think that those types of things don't happen? Compliant slaves don't get whipped. Uh, I, I think that they could happen because there comes a time when government is forced to use violence. I mean, just what would you do if an army of people came at you and you were the government and you were responsible for keeping order, peace, and solitude in, these, well, in society? Well, first of all, first of all uh, they're the ones coming after us. Yeah. First of all, they're the ones coming after us. Second of all, no. no one person is in charge of that, nor should they be. It should be everybody's responsibility. And in fact, if you, study, if you study Military 101, you would know that the most difficult place to conquer is an area of a population that is heavily armed. So if government really had your best interests in mind and was really afraid of some other country invading or some other group of people invading, they would be handing out guns and ammunition to everybody instead of doing what they're doing now, which is attempting to disarm everybody. Like they did in the Ukraine when they started an invasion. Here, everybody, have an AK. (laughs) Go fight. And then they've made people fight and wouldn't let people escape. That that was an outside power. Isn't that what we're talking about? you know, the, the Russian Federation was an outside, an outside power, and, and, and it was threatened by this outside power. And they, they couldn't help themselves because they had already given up their nuclear weapon systems. So they, they had to do that. They had no choice, actually, you, you see. Hey, Robert, are you on social media? You don't have to, like, tell us what your thing is. I just want to know if you're there or not. Oh, I, I'm not on social media. Okay, all right. Well, hey, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. 603-283-6160 is the telephone number. Uh, you know, do you think that it's necessary for a slave master to control your life? Give us a call. Let us know. Coming up, we'll also talk about a very, very, very huge snatch. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. And we're back. Yes, we are back. 
And it is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. We've got a couple calls on hold, but the telephone number you need is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160 if you want to join in the conversation tonight. In the studio, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. Big Kahuna. And Rich Rich. I want to tell you that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse to ignore this important world-changing information. If you're already knowledgeable about cryptocurrency, you can check out news.bitcoin.com and get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com. All right, so uh, we kind of half started talking about uh, the HBO television miniseries. It's only six episodes long, but it's called The Anarchists, and we'll talk more about that. But we have some calls, so let's kick things off with, uh, I think this might be the earliest David from New Mexico has ever called the show. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I woke up early today. Congratulations. Are you caffeinated? Um, uh, pretty soon. I'll, I'll, I'll put, be putting on coffee here any minute, yeah. Okay, all right. I didn't know if you were coffee, a... Coffee, then the Speedo. A coffee <laughs> coffee connoisseur no, or I, not. I, I, I wear the Speedo 24-7, uh, fat boy. I can actually wear one. That is dirty. Uh, well, I take what, mine to uh, wash it every once in a while. What, uh, <laughs> what prompted you to call Free Talk Live this early? Uh, government violence. I think I heard you mention government violence, and uh, yesterday I heard you uh, actually defending government violence, and so I thought uh, I would explore that. Mm. Uh, can you that can you describe there. this uh, defense of government violence? Recap, because I didn't finish listening to last night's episode, too, so I didn't hear who said it what. Oh, well, I was uh, continuing to uh, go item by item in the the blog by joemonahan.blogspot.com, Joe Monahan's New Mexico, where he interviewed the victim of domestic violence, a victim who actually filed criminal charges on a judge that mm-hmm. had committed domestic violence against her while she was having an affair with uh, Judge Tommy Jewell, the wife of, Ju- I'm sorry, the wife, huh? Freudian slip, the husband of uh, uh, Judge Angela Jewell, who okay. trafficked my children. And so where did and, the defending of the government violence come in? You, you, uh, you were dismissive of a judge uh, when asked a question uh, in a civil tone in a public place, uh, getting up out of his chair, walking across the, r- the room, and getting in the face of a constituent who, who had asked the question, be- being me, and getting in the face, meaning if I, uh, getting within 18 inches, a foot and a half, which is your personal space. If I walked up to any one of you or anybody walked up to any one of you and put their face within 18 inches of yours, no matter what the situation, other than if you were trying to have sex with that person, um, you would uh, step back because that's your personal space. Yeah, I believe now, what you, the phenomenon you're referring to is known as the personal space bubble. 
and there are people who walk this planet, uh, and I'm not even talking about the judge here. Uh, what you were talking about last night was uh, this guy, you know, sort of uh, getting angry, spitting in your face, you know, uh, making you feel intimidated. But there are people who walk this planet uh, that are known as close talkers. Is that a Seinfeld bit or a Curb Your Enthusiasm? I was just thinking that, too, and I couldn't remember so which one. I mean, it's why funny. It's funny because it's why? true. Right. It's funny because it's true. So, Brian, Brian, why, why do you feel the need to defend Tommy Jewell when everybody Who's defending this guy? He, he's claiming you are. How in, how yeah, in what you, way yeah, am I defending this guy? Because, because it's an abnormal... Uh, uh, I have not, I've never disagreed with that. Hello? I've never even disagreed with your definition. What you're talking about is last night you were giving the definition you, to you just, Peakless Mountaineer. You, of uh, assault and battery, and I never disagreed. What I did is I made a joke no. at your expense, of course, but I, it was a humorous no, no, joke, and everybody everybody laughed. About something else. Actually, you made a serious comment about something else, but one thing at a time. So let's explore what you just did just now, so that that might be more fresh in your memory. Um, right now, you you uh, you countered me by introducing people that are close talkers because they exist. Yeah, I said they exist. You were giving, you were telling me that if anybody got within eighteen inches of nope. you, you would consider it assault. Is is what you were alluding uh, in, in to? An, and in fact, in an and in fact, that is not the case because close talkers an, do exist. No. Okay, so you you bring that up as an exception to the situation I'm presenting, which by definition, uh, on its face, which is a legal term, on its face that you're defending Judge Tommy Jewell's behavior. No, no I'm not. That's what you're doing. No, I'm not. Yes, so you are. I've, no, got, a, I've got a law dictionary. Hey, hang on, David. I've got on. a law dictionary on my tablet over here. Okay, go. And I pulled up, like, the first definition for assault. Okay. And it says, threat to inflict injury with an apparent ability to do so. Also, any intentional display of force that would give the victim reason to fear or expect immediate bodily harm. Sure. And that well, sounds there, like there that's what go. occurred to David. Okay. That, so David which I've was never, assaulted. I, I've never disagreed with. Okay. Well, um, well, you did disagree with it yesterday. So, no, I didn't. Uh, let, for the record, we, we have... Uh, if, if anybody's curious to hear it, you can go to freetalklive.com and listen to yesterday's episode when David called. For the record, and, there's and an here, archive. Yeah, for the record, there's an archive. You can hear specifically <laughs> yeah, where, no, the, I did not defend this judge in any way, shape, or form. Uh, what I did yeah, is I, I made a I'll, joke where uh, David claims that no, he was assaulted by this I'll, judge. And I said, well, if that definition is true, then David, of course, has been assaulting our listeners for years. That's, that's not what I'm referring to. What I'm referring to is your statement, which, as you say, your listeners can listen on the record from the recording yesterday, okay. where you where you said that any court that would uh, investigate the behavior of Judge Tommy Jewell based on uh, as an assault, you you would uh, and I forget your exact words, but oh, you did I not see. agree with you did not agree with that court. In other words, you would allow behavior like that. To occur unchecked is what you're saying. That is not true. That is not what I said. Do you recall well, what, what you said? You no, that? I don't. Okay. What did you say, and, it, and in fact, I think that what David's talking about wasn't even me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it was one of one of the other hosts on last night's show. Hey, David, well, thanks well, for the well, call. No, it was it was you. Thanks for the call, David. I got another one from the same app. Just you know, they had multiple uh, definitions here. When someone threatens another person with physical harm. Words on their own do not amount to assault, right. but threatening gestures do, 
even if the person threatened is not touched. Right. So again, David is correct. If somebody gets all up in your face and, you know, they're all spitting mad and, you know, yelling things at you, and if they, you know, even go so far as to use words that uh, you feel are threatening you and they may attack you, then yes, that indeed fits the definition of assault. And I never disagreed with that. I, I learned. I, I totally agreed with that. And like, I don't know what David's. It was on one about. of those like today I learned things. But fighting words is an actual thing. Them's fighting words, Pilgrim. Right. Well, that, if if someone says something that commonly held would lead to that person being physically struck for having said those words, yeah. like they are in the wrong and you can strike people. Now, like fighting words. When basically. I was when I was a kid on on ye old playground, right, like four square, right? mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, eight years old, seven years old, something like that, or eight squared, four years old. Who uh, knows? There, there was a time uh, when I, uh, I actually, I stood up for another kid, right. The, the, this one kid was getting in the face of this other kid, and I was like, "Hey, man, back off!" And he started getting into it with me, and I hauled off and slugged the guy. Yeah. Now them's fighting words. Them's fighting words. Now we both went to detention, and the you know teachers intervened, and then you know this, that, and the other thing happened. Uh, so yes, indeed, them's fighting words is a real thing. It does exist. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. What else exists? Is David Olson assaulting the Free Talk Live audience whenever he calls in? Give us a call. Let it us know. a bigger snatch. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up, including a huge snatch. for it wait for it and we're back yes it is free talk live we're a call-in radio program seven nights a week 7 p.m until 10 p.m eastern time that's when the phones are live and open also too i need to uh i need to put up the jerome signal Jerome, this is your signal. It's just a big uh, D for Democrat. In the in the midst of uh, David from New Mexico's call, uh, when I went to hang up on him, I, I hit the wrong button. And so I accidentally hung up on Jerome. So if you're out there, Jerome, this is the signal. It's a it's a big J in the sky with a little you know spotlight circle around it. And Commissioner Gordon will be showing up at your house in any moment. So if you want to call back, do so. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass, joining me tonight. Oops. 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 Hang on. Hang on. The, the new guy's got to get muted. Let's like try that. that again. All right. There the we go. Practical joke. Big kahuna. And Reggie Rich. Rich. Right. <laughs> Speaking of missing pre- pressing buttons. Uh, it's been a rough night for button pushers. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe somebody should train me on how to run this radio program properly. Jer- Jerome's going to say it was purposefully done because you're a Republican, Democrat, Biden hater. <laughs> I know you hung up on me on purpose, Cap. You guy can't even lie about that. You and Trump hanging up on me. Yeah, I don't know. I went to the Trump rally. They wouldn't even let me in. I, I like Jerome. He's you know he's a good he's a good one. Uh, <laughs> he's misguided, of course, but obviously you know, uh, as a person, yeah. He's he's good to go. Uh, we were talking about uh, 
the anarchists. These anarchists. We've changed it. We're going to change it. Yes, because we're anarchists. We do that, right? Uh, And it is like a group of very particular anarchists. A very narrow scope of anarchists within the uh, greater anarchy movement. And somebody in our chat says, is Free Talk Live receiving any sponsorship money to promote the anarchist? I have no idea. Well, first of all, it's the anarchists. But second of all, no, we're not. Okay. Uh, I just happened to have followed the saga of Anarchapulco uh, in, in its heyday through its origin up until how it is today. There's a f- bunch of folks that I've met that I kind of either know people or know people who know the people who are on that show. And so, you know, through social media and that kind of a thing. So uh, I feel a bit of a kinship with these people. And they use part Free Talk Live clips in like episode one. And also episode three. Yeah. So, you know, Free Talk Live is in this thing. It makes sense for us to talk about it, particularly because anarchism is one of the philosophies that we talk about here on Free Talk Live on the regular. Some people call it voluntarism. Some people call it, you know, a, a, a variety of things. And some people say those are two different things. Yeah. And some people say, well, it's not libertarianism. It's and it's like, well, I mean, that's show me a libertarian is a libertarian who doesn't cite. Oh, I don't know, Lysander Spooner, for example. So let me okay, let me take this one briefly because I got into it in June, right before Porkfest, uh, at one of the meetups. Got into what? Conversation, oh. argument, interaction. I didn't know what it was when I got gotcha. you. Okay, you know, when I got into it <laughs> I um, gotcha. with you know at one of these meetups. It wasn't assault, was it? It was not. Okay, it was a friend. It was a friendly discussion <laughs> amongst Peting with opposing uh, viewpoints, right? And he was a libertarian, right? And he had this shirt that said like I'm that libertarian. Mm-hmm. So if you've mm-hmm. seen that guy at Porkfest, that's who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That libertarian, right? And he was you know he was making the claim that. You have to be a libertarian to get that shirt. You can't be like one of those anarchists and get that shirt Give because because you're not a libertarian. I go, okay, guess what? I'm the anarchist representing here, <laughs> and like here's the fundamental difference. Now, I'm as an aside, real quick plug. I do a podcast on Saturdays called The Anarchist Experience. <gasps> Is Free Talk Live receiving compensation for you plugging your show? Whatever. I only bring that up to say this. The original concept of that podcast was supposed to be a call-in, right, where the question that gets asked of the caller is, what is your favorite government program and why? Like, that was the the original concept of why we started. It does it's not that anymore. So don't think you're going to, you know, get that. Okay. But it's, it's, that was the original concept. And so when talking to, like, that libertarian, I said, like, the fundamental difference between an anarchist and a libertarian is the libertarian has that one favorite government program that they're just unwilling to let go of. Uh, for example, I'm thinking borders. That could be it. His, mm-hmm. this, this, that libertarian, was public schools. Okay. Right. Like he could not envision a world right where the government didn't forcibly extract money from the population to fund education publicly. I went, great. And we, we, it was a table discussion. Someone else said national defense. Like, I can't imagine, you know, collective defense being outside of the scope of the government. I go, okay, right? Here we have the libertarians, mm-hmm. right? And over here we have the anarchists where we have the creativity and the imagination or just the morality to say that even if you can't imagine it, right, it still shouldn't exist, right? There, there's right. going to be yeah. someone who could find a better way 
to do those things without coercively funding it, right? If you let that go, then the other things have room to manifest. But if you don't let that go, well, then government dominates the military, government dominates the public school systems, right, and doesn't allow any other competing entities to flourish. Right. And that's the separating line between, like, those anarchists and that libertarian. Well, and and there's a a difference between, uh, like, they call them uppercase L libertarians and lowercase L libertarians, right? So the uppercase L being like, I have joined the Libertarian Party. I am going to you know either support candidate X for whatever office they're running for, or I am going to become a candidate myself and you know run as a libertarian because I think that when I get in charge, I'll be able to do whatever much better and you know more along the lines of freedom than anybody else who's ever held that office has done. Yep. Whereas lowercase L libertarians are like. Yeah, um, I believe in the philosophies of liberty, uh, but I'm, you know, I didn't, I didn't join the party. You know, I might vote, I might not, depending on you know who's running and how I feel about them, that kind of a thing. Yep. But uh, mostly, for the most part, they're on board with the philosophies of freedom, and that is the non-aggression principle. And then there's voluntarists, right, or voluntarists, if you want to be a dick about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> And these people uh, really just believe that all human interactions should be consensual. That's it. Yeah. Not that hard to figure Pretty out. Pretty simple. But once- Compatible with the other philosophies, right? But if you believe that, you, can, you, you then cannot be a libertarian with a pet project, right? And voluntarism originally started to uh, exclude itself from the scope of political activism. Like you, you theoretically can't be a voluntarist and still participate in the political sphere. Now, uh, I realize we have a caller on hold, and we'll, we'll get to him in a bit. Uh, but I just want to say that a lot of folks have who are identify themselves as anarchists uh, do not use the word anarchist because of the negative connotations that go with the word. Now, Molotov cocktails and so forth. Exactly. Yeah. And... In a way, I get that, but also, like, I don't like giving up the word just because somebody else has co-opted it. Because the word itself, you know, an meaning no, and archon meaning ruler, anarchon, anarchy, anarchists, no rulers, right? That doesn't mean no rules, right? People confuse that all the time. It just means that there should not be one human being in charge of the rest of us. We are all capable people of making our own decisions that are in our own best interests. And in fact, there's nobody more capable of making decisions for you than you. You are the, you you know yourself the best. You know your preferences the best. You know your likes and your dislikes, your abilities better than anyone else on planet Earth. There is no reason that you should not be making all these decisions for yourself. Sort of, because you can consensually and contractually delegate those responsibilities out. I don't need a slave master. I don't need somebody telling me what I can and can't do, what's okay, what's not okay. That's for me to, to decide. Right. You, you have a brain, right? It's like, a, it's like the word misinformation or disinformation. It's like all there is in the world is information, and you have a brain, and you're supposed to be able to see or hear a thing and go, hmm, do I agree or disagree? Do I like this or not like this? And you know, make a decision based on the information that you've been given. Unless uh, that brain has been washed through decades know. in the public school system. Yeah. 
Both those terms imply that there is some somebody or some entity that thinks they know what the truth is. That they know what the real information is and Correct. that this information isn't information suitable for you. That's right. That's the New Zealand prime minister for whatever she is. 603-283-6160. We'll talk more about these anarchists. We'll get to your calls and thoughts. And also, we'll have time for a huge snatch coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Yes, it is free talk live. It's free for you to listen. We do a lot of talking and, well, it's live. It's also free for them to talk. It's true, uh, unless, of course, you still pay for long distance and you're dialing from outside the 603 area code. Who does that? There are, believe it or not, there are landlines that exist that have old plans that will charge them long distance. Okay. They do exist. I feel based on the call quality that Robert in South Carolina is probably on a POTS phone. Mm, Could be calling from a pay phone. (laughs) Who the heck still uses a pay phone? Uh, The telephone number is 603-283-6160. Coming up tonight, we still will talk about a huge snatch. A huge snatch. Why'd you say it twice? I didn't. All right. Anyway, uh, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Big Kahuna. And Richie Rich. Uh, let's go right away to your calls and thoughts. Uh, we've got Rob calling in from Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. So, you weren't on the show last night, were you, Captain? I was. You were there? I, I didn't see you. He was last hiding behind night? camera four. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, you know, I, I was been listening to free talk live for a long long time yes you have and every every once in a while you'll get you know certain people that call in that they don't not teach you anything they're telling you what to believe you know sort of like when what was his name there james Whitakind would call in then it got to the point to where he He, should not be named threatening people yeah Yeah, you know, he definitely was threatening people. He threatened the lives of almost every host on this show. Uh, And ironically, the FBI did nothing. Yeah, uh, also threatened the lives of the offspring of some of the hosts of this show as well. So, yeah. And, of course, the FBI did nothing. You know, if it was Howard Stern and a caller called in and said, I am going to take the life of you, blah, 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 threaten his children or whatever, the FBI would be all over that. But because sell a little bit of Bitcoin and the Bearcats come to your door. Yeah, but because it's, you know, some some voluntarists here in New Hampshire, nothing occurs. No. But, uh, no, I mean, like like I said, he just, when he talks about different things, he, he, he doesn't. He's not calling in to teach anything. He's just telling people what to believe. Who is? David, when he calls in. Oh, David from New Mexico. Yeah. I see. Comparing yeah, him to James Whitakind. 
I see. Oh, yeah. you're comparing yeah. him to I see. So, uh, well, James Whittakine did call in. He had his own agenda, and that was I, I don't really know what it was, to tell you the truth, because he just seemed like he was a little off of his rocker. Whereas David in New Mexico seems on his rocker. Uh, it's just that uh, he, mm, I don't know, man. Uh, 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 some of our listeners have made it clear that they feel alienated by his calls. Um, you know, it's free talk live. We're taking the calls. So it's always up to the person yep. in the chair as to whether or not they're going to take the call. So right. it is an individual decision. It's not a collective decision. We platform those calls right. because it's part of, you know, the ideals of free talk live. That being said, David in New Mexico is repetitive in his calls, right? Like you, if you listen to more, if you listen to a few nights in a row that he calls in back to back, there's no new information provided. And Free Talk Live is one of the few outlets left for him that will accept his calls, and it's the only way for him to spread that message. He's on his rocker, but it's the same rocker, and it's the same rocking motion every night, almost. And he's in a Speedo when he's on it. Yeah, <laughs> right. But he can wear it, and he can rock that Speedo. Anything else, Rob? <laughs> yeah, kind of reminds me of the David over in New York. Oh, Hudson Valley oh, guy. Oh, Poughkeepsie, right, David Poughkeepsie. That guy, yeah. at least that guy was entertaining, Yeah, right? That guy, I mean, yeah. a, a little more off of his rocker, but yeah, that guy was entertaining. I don't know if I've actually said this on air, but I used to think that that guy was like somebody from the crew when I was just a listener to Free Talk okay. Live back when I lived in Seattle. Uh, I used to think that that guy was created by somebody who a was character? friends of the show and were like... Oh man, there's no calls tonight. Okay, I'm going to make up a guy, right? I thought it was somebody like in the basement or in another room or you know off somewhere. And they went else. a whole another level to create the YouTube channels to behind it and everything. I did well. So it was ironically it was the YouTube channel when I went and and found his actual YouTube videos, and I'm like, this guy's real. Yeah, they didn't make that up. This is legit. So, yeah. Hey, Rob, thanks for the call. And we he appreciate probably it. Votes. He probably does vote. That's true. There's your average voter right there. I don't know how long you've been listening, but uh, Dave from Poughkeepsie was uh, a character of Potsy-like proportions. That was before my time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he was on, but it was definitely the spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving right along, let's go to, we've got Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I I don't think I recollect the cat of whence you speak there on that one either. But I gotta, I'm going to go for the trifectas here, boys. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, right quick on uh, David. Captain, you brought up a incident where you defended another little weenie kid from a schoolyard bully. Sure. I remember one time when I was like about six, eight years old, there was a kid about, I don't know, three, four years older than me. Mm-hmm. And it was winter, and he snatched the hat off my head. And we're just holding up there teasing <laughs> at me, right? So I was it a big right snatch? Three, four, Huh? Was it a big snatch? Or a little he, snatch when he when snatched he, the, the hat off your head? Well, I, I was not upside down, so I suppose it was a little snatch. Okay. All right. So not the yeah. same snatch that's coming up later. No, no, not okay. that snatch. Nothing wrong with a little snatch. I prefer yeah, that snatch. Draw yourself. Captain, you got me all carried away on booty one time. Now don't you go doing that again. <laughs> uh, that wasn't me, actually. It was Richie Rich and the Big Kahuna, but still. Anyway, anyway you something uh, about snatch the hat off your head. He just snatched the hat off my head, and he held it up, and he was teasing me, right? And I couldn't jump quite high enough to get it. But I, on about the third or fourth jump, I decided, well, I could reach his head, and my little tiny fist fit right inside his eye socket. Oh, nice, nice. And 
went to Sunday dinner and had to explain to his grandparents and his aunts and uncles and all that how this little kid down the road died in his eye because he was tormenting him. All right. So, so uh, that's well, number one. What's what's number two? David to recollect. All right. What's number two? Number two is I had a drone visit me last night, dude. About twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning. I'm about 20, 20 miles from a military base. Okay. Okay. Biggest, biggest damn airfield up in, I think the one of the three biggest in the country. Okay. Up here in northern Michigan, and uh, so yeah, I'm out there on the porch about twelve thirty, one o'clock, taking a leak, and you know it's dark. I'm out in the country. I got a large perimeter of pine surrounding my whole property. I got a hundred yard front yard. Okay. Right. So uh, I'm just standing there doing my normal, and I see this star that just kind of drifting. Did it have lights on it? No, it had one. Okay. It didn't have no green or no red. It just had one little tiny white light. Okay. And so I started watching it. That damn thing creeped right up the middle of my front yard and hovered. And I'm telling you what, dude, if I wasn't a felon, I'd have pulled out a double barrel and whacked that damn bird. I was going to say, you're probably on camera now take, doing your business, and you're going to get a ticket in the mail for indecent exposure. Yeah, maybe. What was... Uh, what hey, was... I, I know I know a dude years ago that got uh, condemned as a pedophile for pissing on a dumpster behind the bar. All right, what was number three, Major? All right, number three is the monkeys that are stealing the babies. Wait, wait, you mean like uh, Mickey Dolenz and, uh, you know, hey, hey, hey the monkeys? The monkeys. I, ain't talk about, I ain't talking about putting up no bat light in the yard to find me neither. But, uh, <laughs> Commissioner, hey, speaking of which, um, um, um. Wait, um, something, about, something about Japanese monkeys kidnapping children? What? Oh, I just got to give you a quickie from the past. No, no, this is the third one. It's either this or nothing. All right. Yeah, the monkeys are stealing the uh, the babies in Japan. These are a relative subspecies of baboons. And it's Mark Edge's favorite monkey, macaque. Nature reserve where these things exist, and the Japanese let them. They have a big sauna, hot water. Sometimes you can say that on the radio. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks for the call, Major. We appreciate it. Uh, we did have Richie Rich look this up to confirm. Apparently, there are. Monkeys are going ape. The the macaque monkeys in Japan. And elsewhere. And elsewhere. Kidnapping babies. Possibly even, what, tossing them off rooftops or yes. something? Yes. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live coming up. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Free Talk Live. You can call and join in the conversation. The telephone number you need to jot down with a crayon on your fridge is 603-283-6160. Again, you can engrave this on your tombstone, 603-283-6160. And that way, you know, if you if and when you pass on, uh, when folks visit your site and uh, you know to remember you, they can also remember our phone number. Be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, in the studio, it's myself, the captain. Big Kahuna. And Rich Rich. Do you want liberty in your lifetime? I know I do. 
It's one of the reasons I came to New Hampshire, because there's a whole bunch of people gathering here trying to achieve that very goal. Later this year, though, Mark Edge of Free Talk Live is speaking at Free Cities Foundation's annual conference, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's being held in the beautiful city of Prague, October 21st through 23rd, and showcases autonomous cities and intentional communities that are springing up all over the world, offering opportunities for people to live freer lives. The conference theme is Parallel Structures for Progress, and they'll explore physical developments and parallel structures emerging in education and finance that offer alternatives for people looking for better ways to learn, educate their children, and invest in their future. Uh, Free Talk Live listeners get a special 20% discount on tickets, which can be claimed when checking out on their Eventbrite site using the promotion code FTL20, as in Free Talk Live 2-0, FTL20. To find out more, visit LifetimeLiberty.com and follow the conference on Twitter at the handle at LibertyIOL. Make sure you get your tickets soon and take advantage of the early bird discount. If you want to buy your tickets in Bitcoin, you can just drop them a Twitter direct message for instructions on how to do that. Again, Liberty, I'm sorry, LifetimeLiberty.com, LifetimeLiberty.com, the code FTL20 gets you 20% off. All right. Uh, We haven't finished talking about these anarchists, and and we'll get to that. And also coming up, we're going to talk about possibly one of the largest snatches in all of history. That's a pretty big snatch. That's what she said. Oh, wait, no, he said? Wait, he said. no. Mm, we'll, well, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But we have calls on hold, so let's start with uh, Gigi. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, everybody. Hey, Gigi. Um, Good evening. Before I go into my current event spiel, I would like to compliment Big Kahuna, Richie Rich, who I adore, and the captain, who I have a secret crush on, Nikki and Ian. All of you are always well-mannered, courteous. You listen to all of us who call. It reinforces your hardcore beliefs, which only benefits us callers in free speech. I'd like to say thank you to all of you for that. Well, well you have to say, thank take that, much. Peakless Mountaineer. He's <laughs> <laughs> making it a competition, yes, indeed. Uh, thank yes. you for the, for the kind words, Gigi. We okay. appreciate you. What's Very on your mind? important. Very important. Um, With all of these serious, horrendous floods occurring in eastern Kentucky specifically, knowing how you gentlemen have expressed your feelings about governmental entities, Mm -hmm. state, local, federal, or a combination thereof, how does the panel feel about state, local, and federal governmental assistance for people, buildings, property, and the general geography of where the horrendous floods are occurring. Well, uh, I can say, and I'll just start here, uh, I can say that every time I have seen government attempt to sort of come to the rescue of any sort of a natural disaster, uh, they screw it up mightily. Uh, you know, they say, oh, yeah, we're going to allocate all these funds, and maybe they allocate some of it, but uh, generally it's... Siphon off the top first. Yeah, they, they take a huge cut for themselves, uh, the government, that is, or what they claim to deliver, they don't deliver. Uh, they, they don't have really an incentive to do it right. What I have seen, though, when it comes to things like natural disaster is 
charity organizations, non-government organizations who generally or speaking, or even corporations who generally speak and go, hey, we're going to do a thing. And then they actually do that thing that they say they're going to and do. And the government steps in and tries to stop them on occasion. Yeah, remember what happened to Mayor Chuck Nagel of New Orleans mm-hmm. after Katrina? After the hurricane, uh, he's now in federal prison because of his shenanigans with federal assistance. Because, I mean, that's that's uh, you know that's the epitome of what happens. It's inefficient. Invariably, it involves corruption and power. Whenever there's money involved, oh yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's it's really not that amazing because it happens all the time, and it's happened since the beginning of time. Um, I do hope that the people of Eastern Kentucky will benefit. They need it. Yeah. All that being said, like I agree with you, government shouldn't be involved. Right? It's they they make it worse. Um, I'm not going to begrudge anybody in that situation from taking any assistance that they're oh, giving. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for the call, Gigi. We appreciate you. Uh, moving right along, let's go to, we've got Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, can you hear me now? Uh, yes, I can hear you. What's on your mind? Okay, yes. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm glad that here in Albuquerque we're having – you know, trying to build a more walkable community. So there's plans to have a, a walk way along the train tracks. So there's spaces along the train tracks, and uh, they want to make a, like a walking path so people could follow the train tracks. That'll end well. Old town. What could possibly go wrong? Well, I hope. I mean, a lot of people have uh, killed themselves throwing themselves on the train tracks before, so I'm assuming they're supposed to have it, make it safe so that they have fencing so that you could walk along the train tracks where the rail runner is going, and it goes to the old town, the tourist attraction. Hey, if you're going to walk along to- the train track, why not just catch a train? throwing that out there well, the whole thing about is the walkability for oh. tourists people want to be able to go to the old town and then go to the sawmill district that's the way they got the it's a tourist um they got food court they got shops um mm-hmm. and they have hotels so they're trying to like connect those places i'm, I'm guessing people I'm guessing the government is involved in this, right? It's not just the people, the businesses of this food court area or, or of these attractions getting together going, hey, let's all pool our money together and build a sidewalk so that more people can access our businesses. I'm guessing the government's involved. Am I right? Right. It's a city project. It's going to take state oh, funding, It's going it's to take state funding. Emphasis on take. That's how states fund things. They take money from other people and then give it to people. Uh, but first, they take a hefty chunk off the top for themselves. Grand opening spring 2040. Sarah, thank you for the call. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160 is the phone number here at Free Talk Live. Coming up, we'll talk more about these anarchists and something about a big snatch. The biggest of snatches. This is Free Talk Live.
And we're back. And we are back. It is true. You tell no fib, no lie, no falsehood, no... Wait, what's another word for... Only the truth. Untruth, yes, thank you. No untruth. No misinformation. No... Or disinformation. Right. The telephone number here at Free Talk Live is 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join in the conversation tonight in the studio, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. Big Kahuna. And Rich Rich. All right. Uh, so we kind of half started talking about this, what I'm calling a hit piece by Vice on the HBO television show, The Anarchist, which, by the way, uh, airs tonight at 10 p.m. on HBO Max. Uh, so, you know, I won't be watching it at 10 p.m. because I'll still so be get here. Get your torrents tomorrow morning. Doing <laughs> doing the uh, the post-show wrap-up and stuff like that. But uh, I will be joining some folks here in Keene in uh, watching that tomorrow and keeping up with that. Um, so the article continues here, or begins, I guess. Anarchists carrying the torch of the long-standing political tradition are cringing at the series portrayal of anarchism being compatible with capitalism. So for those of you who don't know, these anarchists in this television show uh, are not necessarily supporters of what you commonly refer to as capitalism. They are free market anarchists. And it's just the term anarcho-capitalist is trendy. Like, real capitalism, right, like real anarchism, uh, means no government involvement whatsoever, period, none. Zip, zero, zilch, nil, none, nada. And so none of us have ever experienced this unless you've, I don't know, bought something at like a rummage sale, <laughs> you know? So in a, in a perfect world, you wouldn't need the hyphen. Correct. Right? But we, we do not live in a perfect world, which is why I'm also okay with the hyphen for anarcho-capitalist. Yeah. And I'm all about sort of taking the word back, right? They co-opted the word anarchism, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I got you. No, 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 no. In common parlance, though, if you use the word capitalism, right, there is there is an inherent uh, inference of state involvement, right? And then, and then we get into the debate, well, that's not real capitalism, that's cronyism. Right. I want to use this other term, right? It's cronyism. And then, you know, and then... Then you devolve the discussion once again into like definition of terms and just avoid that. So, you know, anarcho-capitalism, like whatever your vision of capitalism currently is, right? Like free market capitalism or cronyism, right? And you just go like, you take the state out of that. Yes. So free trade without the government interfering. Right. And there's your like concise anarcho-capitalist definition. The series is ultimately a character-driven drama about murder and interpersonal conflicts, not a political documentary focused on ideology. But uncritically using the term anarchist to describe capitalists mystifies, and they say, actual anarchists uh, for the average viewer, they say. Quote, the conception of anarchism is just completely and totally divorced from the 175-year-plus political history of the anarchist movement. Cam Pedrag, an anarchist who organizes with the Black Rose Anarchist Federation in the Bay Area, also known as anarcho-communists. Communists. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, an anarchist socialist organization. He told Motherboard, anarchism is a cooperative political doctrine critical of both the state and capitalism. And the filmmaker Todd Schramke makes no attempt at addressing that at all. Actually, actually, we're halfway through. That's not true. As, As I alluded to, they showed... You know, the footage of, you know, some people dressed in all black chucking the Molotov cocktails and then they go, not these anarchists, these other anarchists. So they they did make an attempt. If that's not an attempt, I don't know what is. You got your fair time. The series follows the growth and conflict within the annual Anarchapulco Conference in Acapulco, Mexico, founded by entrepreneur and long-winded YouTuber <laughs> Jeff Berwick in 2015. And Arcapulco caters to middle to upper class, mostly white American expats who promote. That's not true as well. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know. I've never been there. But the footage I've seen seemed pretty diverse to me uh, of all of the Anarchapulcos, of the guests that they've had. You know, they've, I think, gone out of their way to make sure that they're not only the speakers, but their audience is diverse. Uh, well, can't, you can't really control the audience, right? Those people just buy the tickets, but you can you can make a conscience effort to control the speakers' diversity. Yeah. So, at any rate, uh, Anarchapulco caters to, yeah, we said that. Uh, oh, and these expats promote free market libertarian capitalism, which I've just, we've all explained here, as theorized by far-right thinkers... Like Ayn Rand and Murray Rothbard. <laughs> yes, far right. Ayn Rand was a statist. <laughs> Needed the government for, guess what? <sighs> National defense. In their view, governments should be abolished and everything should be privatized. Yes. Police officers would be replaced by private security forces. Yes. Maybe. You don't know. And public schools would become for-profit charter schools. Possibly. That's, well, that is one interpretation of what one possibility yeah. could be. What, what they would become, however, is completely voluntary. Yeah. That means that, oh, if you don't have any kids, you don't have to pay. Unless you want to. You can you always donate. To. You can always donate. But, yeah. you know, there's no force involved. Exactly. Which is, and I'm just really not going to give this author much more time other than uh, this last bit. The anarchist filmmaker Todd Schramke is friendly with Berwick and has said in the past that he's influenced by public figures like Stefan Molyneux, a white supremacist infamous for amplifying disproven theories of eugenics and scientific racism. Is that true? Uh, He kind of went off the rails a little bit and started down that path. Post-cancer, right? Right, yeah. so I stopped listening to Molyneux around that time because I didn't want to hear that side of him. Yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure that's accurate, and but I haven't heard any of that. In addition to more traditional libertarian capitalist, Berwick's Anarchapulco has more recently become home for cryptocurrency and Web three enthusiasts who are hawking digital assets like NFTs and even trying to uh, monetize colors, whatever that means. So, uh, yes, it's true. Uh, why would why would people who call themselves anarchists, be involved in cryptocurrency? Well, let's see. It's voluntary. Uh, it is not controlled by any state, uh, any government. Decentralized. No hierarchy. Decentralized. So even those other anarchists should appreciate that. Uh, and absolutely they should. It is the first, and I don't care what flavor of anarchist you call yourself, it is the first anarchist infrastructure that I'm aware of. Okay. Right? It, 
it's a currency, it is a database, it's a verification tool, it's like the uses for Bitcoin, the blockchain, all that kind of thing that, that cryptocurrency is based on uh, is, I mean, we've only touched the tip of the iceberg of what it can do. But because it belongs to no organization, to no individual, states have no influence over its creation and adoption. It's all about, is it useful? Does it have value? And do you voluntarily decide to transact in it? State trying to ban it, though. I don't know. Sounds perfect. Sign me up. Some states try to ban it. Other states make it. They're like national currency. So, like, what are you going to do? It's completely uncritical. And they're talking about the show again. It's completely uncritical in the way that I haven't ever seen Jen Rogue, another anarchist who organizes with Black Rose in Texas told Motherboard of the series, usually when you see people do documentaries on things that a filmmaker is sympathetic towards, there's usually some vague attempted balance or kind of deeper thinking. It's just so shallow and propagandistic. Okay, I that might be true, and I'm probably okay with that. Because where that is true, it's propagandizing the other side of anarchy. Yeah. Right, like anarchy has this stigma, the Molotovs, the black blocks, the dudes in all black, yep. right? And that's the stigma and this is the counterpoint. Yes. Right? Point and then this documentary is the counterpoint to that. Well, and I don't I've watched plenty of these like HBO style documentaries and they're always character driven. You have to tell a story about the people. You have to show that these people are human and show that, you know, they're all fallible, they all make mistakes, they all do, you know, say I do stupid things all of the time. And so, like, that's what humans do. Oh, you're human. And so that's all they're doing is telling a story about some humans that happen to call themselves anarchists. 603-283-6160. Still to come, the big snap. Yes, we are back. I'm back. You're back. He's back. You're back. We're all back. Back to life. Back to reality. Back in black? Hit the sack. <laughs> back to the future? Snatch the sack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about snatch coming up. A huge one, too. Possibly one of the largest in in all of history. Possibly. The largest tease and letdown in free talk lives. <laughs> That's also possible. <laughs> Many things are possible on Free Talk Live. If you want to call in and weigh in on anything we've ever talked about, really, you can call 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Big kahuna. And Richie Rich. All right. So let's talk about the snatch. Is it time? It's time. I think oh it's time. Goodness. We've been teasing. We've been talking about the snatch. This whole program, uh, every intro, every outro, talking about you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about the snatch. How big the snatch is? It's a pretty big snatch. So I've heard this from the Los Angeles Times, reputable news source. Mystery shrouds colossal Brinks heist at I five truck stop. Who stole millions in gems and gold? The monkeys. It's not the Japanese monkeys. Oh. 
What was it? That would have been the story. That would have been a good story. Yeah, but no. Japanese monkeys no, no. rob armored truck in the middle of Hollywood. This is written by Richard Winton. That sounds all very hoity and snooty, doesn't it? Richard Winton. Winton. Winton, yes. Winton. When experts recall the most notorious jewelry heist in modern history, they talk about tunneling into Hatton Garden in Lo- uh, London or the Antwerp-Belgium break-in that took months of planning. Then there's the case of the heist earlier this month at the Flying J truck stop along I-5 in the Grapevine. Uh, if you aren't familiar with the Flying J truck stop, it has nothing to do with rolling a joint. I just okay. want you to know that. <laughs> but I'm I sure was that like, happens there. I, I mean, I can't say I've never done that activity at one of their locations. <laughs> I can't say that. Can neither confirm nor deny. Confirm nor deny. No, I cannot. Uh, in the early hours of July 11th, two armed guards left their Brinks big rig, giving a gang of thieves a 27-minute window to make the huge snatch. Its total value, still a mystery. Estimates range from $10 million to $100 million. Can I already say I'm, I want to go out on a limb and say it was an inside job? The big snatch was an inside job? I mean, maybe it's just my naivety. You think the two, Brinks, uh, the two Brinks drivers were like, uh, oh, this is the part where we leave the truck all With, the, with $100 million in diamonds, <laughs> we're, we're going to turn our back for 27 minutes. Yeah, we just went to get a burger. We don't know what happened. Yeah, just, we're just going to leave the truck parked outside while we run in? No, no. The, that was set up, man. <laughs> the team of burglars bypassed the truck's locking mechanism and used, they had a key. and used the storage containers to haul away precious gems, gold, and other valuables from a Brinks tractor trailer, say multiple law enforcement sources not authorized to discuss the crime. If they're not authorized to discuss the crime, why are they saying anything at all? <laughs> Bastards. How much the thieves netted during the 2 a.m. snatch is hotly debated. Brink said it was less than $10 million based on the insurance, a federal law enforcement source, and some associated with the International Gem and Jewelry Show world said the total appears to be closer to $100 million. That's also what I would tell the insurance company. <laughs> no, ten million. No, Steve, we had like 10 times as much of that in there, right? Oh, def- like, definitely. Closer to $100 million. Yeah, Steve says $100 million. $100 million. <laughs> Some disagreement with how large the snatch is. We're talking multi-millions here. It's a huge amount of money, said Los Angeles County Sheriff Major Crimes Bureau Sergeant Michael Molesky, a veteran of investigating armored car and bank capers. Molesky said the $10 million is a base and it is expected to escalate. The question is how the thieves got into the truck and whether they knew in advance about the valuables inside. Given the less than half hour window, he said, we believe several thieves had to be involved. Yes. You think? That much that much money, <laughs> that big of a window, and the door happens to be unlocked. What? Bypass the lock <laughs> on an armored truck? You just buy Oh yeah, the thieves just bypassed the lock. Dear, I don't think so. Dear Sergeant Molesky, what tipped you off Einstein? What was your first clue? <laughs> he was also in on it. The question is how th- how the thieves got into the truck and whether they knew in advance about the valuables inside. Blah, blah, blah. We already talked about that. Uh, the crime didn't match the usual definition of a heist because it did not involve a robbery so much as a stealth burglary. 
So, like, it wasn't, like, armed robbery. It was, you know, more it's, of a burglary. It's like a movie scene where they're, like, they're sitting in the diner, and they go tie a rope to the axle around the armored truck. <laughs> when they and make, as it drives off, the wheels just fall off. Like, oh, hijinks. <laughs> when they make a movie about this huge snatch, who do you think will play, you know, the characters? Who will be the Brinks drivers? Will they just be some no-name nobodies that, like, you know. Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> and The Rock. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> they're already partnered up. I was going to say oh, Brad, right, okay. Brad Pitt, Jason Statham. There you go. All right. Maybe we'll pull old guys out of the right, like uh, okay. uh, Stallone, right? You know, an elderly Brinks driver, right? <laughs> I just left the truck for like twenty-seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Stallone, right? Pepsi. <laughs> The gang of thieves was able to quickly bypass the truck's trailer locking mechanism, enter its vast back, and unload a series of storage containers filled with jewelry, diamonds, and other precious gems, and a plethora of Rolexes and other designer watches, Molesky said. The investigator said he wouldn't describe the locking mechanism, but acknowledged it would not be exceedingly difficult to crack. Yes, it would. It's a Brinks truck with $100 million of jewelry in there. It's not a master lock on a high school locker. <laughs> they're not listening to it click as they're turning the dial. Outward signs of the riches inside. Not not you, Richie. Uh, outward signs of the riches inside were not obvious. But Molesky said the guards driving such trucks are openly carrying firearms, and that could alert someone watching trucks. Okay. <laughs> like... Uh, Duh. Like, I just assume all Brinks security are armed, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't look at it and say, I wonder if there's anything in that, that yeah. truck. You see you see a Brinks truck, it's either got the money or it's going to get the money, yeah. right? That's that's the only reason those things exist. I am surprised. I mean, Brinks is a relatively reputable company. Been around a long time. And, yeah. you know, I mean, they do, they got, all, they got their hands in all sorts of piles, right? Like, in the absence of government, I figure a company like Brinks would be, you know, they already provide home security, so it would be a natural, you know, uh, market for them to expand into just provide security services at a, you know, sort of a subscription rate for whatever it is that you need uh, that, of course, government won't allow them to compete in. Uh, at any rate, Arnold Duke, president of the International Gem and Jewelry Show, whose exhibitors displayed the items in San Mateo, were moving them to Pasadena and said the truck contained many 70 to 100 pound plastic containers filled with jewelry, gems and watches. We are looking at more than $100 million in documented losses, he said. This was an absolutely huge crime. One of the largest jewelry heists ever. We are talking gold, diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and loads of luxury watches. They're definitely going to make a movie out of it at some point. Yeah, I, naturally. Like heat and snatch combined. Ooh. Oh, right. that sounds like a heated, heated snatch? A heated snatch. <laughs> Got to warm up the hot dog somehow. <laughs> Got to warm them up. There were 15 exhibitors, each with $5 million to $10 million in merchandise, he added. You do the math. I was told there would be no math on Sunday's edition of Free Talk Live. You know, every time you say that, it's right after you've done math on Free Talk Live. I don't, the, I don't do math, do you? Or, or that someone else needs to oh, do math. the math. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I want other people to do the math for themselves. I get it. But at this point, you just assume that math's going to happen on Free Talk Live. I, I didn't even do the math. Okay. I, all I did was read. <laughs> all right. There were 15 exhibitors each with $5 million to $10 million in merchandise, he added. And then I said, okay, two, you do the math. Two carried the one. 
These are small businesses with their entire wealth vested in that truck. It has destroyed them financially, and it affected their health in some cases. Yeah, can you imagine the guy responsible for you know these jewels? You know, like <gasps> he's having a heart attack. He's like, I can't believe it's all gone. Oi, vey. <laughs> Duke said he was told the thieves did not manage to get all the valuables off the truck. Duke declined to discuss the security measures at the shows, but said everyone entering is photographed. Typically, merchandise is transported in a big rig with a bulletproof cab equipped with satellite tracking and elaborate camera systems, armed guards with the exact route kept a secret, he added. And there's a malfunction on the body cam right when they went to go rob the thing. 603-283-6160. Do you think they will find the culprits of this huge snatch? More Free Talk Live is coming up. Free Talk Live. And we're back. It is Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio talk program that comes to you from the perspective of of peace, liberty, freedom, and prosperity. And also, you can call in and talk about whatever you want. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Big kahuna. And Richie Rich. We've been talking about... The Big Snatch. That's right. Apparently, a uh, a tractor trailer, a Brinks tractor trailer. The security company, Brinks. The, the, you know, yeah. armored car, you know, cameras, right. armor, safety. armed guards, right? Yeah. All sorts of tracking the and dude safety with the features. Kit and the shotgun in the back to protect the money. All of that. Right. Apparently, the. He the, went out for a hot dog. Apparently, the, the guys driving the truck just sort of left it for. <laughs> What they say is 27 minutes, and when they returned, they found up to possibly even more than $100 million of gems and gold and watches and diamonds and lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Did they park it in like a bad neighborhood? Did it come back and it was like on jacks and everything too? Oh, they got everything. They did park it at a Flying J (laughs) truck stop, which is common for truckers anyway to, to visit. Uh, I don't know if Flying J would be considered a bad neighborhood since okay. it's a, a business. All right. Um, but, I don't know. Where's the neighborhood the Flying J was in? <laughs> Who would be the natural competitor to the Flying J truck stop? I'm try- I can't think of any other truck stops that like have a name or are like a franchise other than Flying J. I couldn't tell you. Uh, Pi- is Pilot one of them? Oh, maybe. Pilot. I, I usually pronounce that Pilo. <laughs> <laughs> like I pronounce Target Target. Target, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll talk more about this story, but let's go to Ben calling from South Carolina. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Captain, what's happening? Hey, man. Uh, I wanted to mention, man, as soon as I heard about this big snatch, uh, as a snatch, I'll just, I, I wanted to weigh in and uh, tell you guys that. I don't think Wait, we're looking at the whole story in. here. Oh. He, he wanted to weigh in, so how heavy okay. is I was the, the big weigh snatch? into the big snatch. Yeah. Right. Right. And this isn't a stick-up. Now, it's totally different than a stick-up. This is a, uh, you know, uh, a snatch like this is messy business. Yeah. Mm. And I want to say that this goes probably much deeper than uh, 
than anybody. It could be a, 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 a cavernous case. Right. It, was, it was probably two drivers with that one snatch. And, uh, you know, who knows what could happen. Do you think that, like, the people responsible for this snatch, like, lubed up the drivers? Like, are they in on it? Uh, you know what? I would hope so, because if it's that easy to steal $100 million out of an armored truck, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, I, I, it, I'm it in the wrong to, business. Has to be. Right. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm already in the wrong do you guys uh, want to? That wanna, sounds like a good one. You want to ask no, Ben we'll anything? Be a brink driver. Yeah. No, he was funny. Yeah. All right. Hey Ben, thanks for the call, man. Uh, Stuck with the theme. <laughs> well Got played. his own jokes. He really in there. drove it in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to work the word moist in there, but like I just couldn't do it. So. On a moist evening at the Flying J, I know that uh, uh, the humidity was in there's the air. A, a certain percentage of. Of people on planet Earth who don't like the word moist okay. for some reason. And I don't know why. I, I don't understand it. I don't know why. If you know why, 603-283-6160. They must have a dry sense of humor. Yes. Yes. At any rate, uh, continuing on with the article about the, the big snatch, FBI agents and sheriff's major crimes investigators have scoured the Flying J truck stop off the I-5 for clues. They talked to Bert and Phil, <laughs> Doug. Like, no, nah, man, we were just passing through. They even they even like got on got on the CB to the rubber duck. <laughs> Breaker one nine. We got ourselves a convoy. Anyway, they have interviewed potential witnesses and reviewed security videos for images of the vital half hour window where the security guards left the truck unguarded. You know, you're fired, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, what do you do? Well, I used to be in security. <laughs> that would happen. They stole had ten hundred million dollars out of my truck. Obviously, we aren't about to say what we have at this stage. The sergeant said, "Flying J's corporate parent has a web request page for its travel center security videos to help law enforcement and others gain access." Okay. All right. Cargo theft is a massive criminal enterprise across the LA region. Which we've seen, actually. We talked a little bit about that here on Free Talk Live with the um, the, the trains. The and, trains, yeah. yeah. and all that kind of thing. It's a Dominic Toretto and his three Honda Civics. Uh, cargo theft is a massive criminal enterprise. Last year alone, CargoNet, a theft record firm, logged more than $57 million in cargo truck theft. California remains the top state for cargo snatches. Okay. They just said like all of whatever that was was fifty seven million yeah. and this one alone is potentially a hundred million. Yes. Like this one takes the cake. Yes. Like that's it. All right. California remains the top state for cargo snatches with a thirteen percent increase since twenty twenty. That's I mean, that's a huge increase in snatch. Yeah. yeah. Is you want to snatch? Go to California. Right. Yeah, uh, I just want to point out too. It's a leaning on. Crime they mention they mention this organization, CargoNet, a theft record firm. Now, a lot of folks would argue that you know government is necessary because somebody has to keep official records. No, they don't. Look, <laughs> I'm assuming they're not a government organization. It could be just a government contract, though. We don't know. But 
cart. I mean, it's possible for other organizations to keep freaking records. Yeah, you just need a dude with a pen and a notepad. You got robbed. Okay, how much? Yep. All right, what noted. Day? Yep. Okay. We'll that's a police, that re- that's the a police report anyway. Yeah. You got robbed. Okay. Taking note. Got a police report now. Noted. More likely, however, is thieves surreptitiously tracked the truck from the Gem Show's last location in San Mateo. Vendors crated their riches July 10th and put them on the truck destined for the next show at Pasadena Convention Center. And they just knew that the two drivers were both going to go on break (laughs) at the same time. At the Flying J. At the Flying J. For 27 minutes. Maybe Flying J stands for Flying Jewels. They're flying right out the back of that truck. All right. It just fell off the truck. There's, see, that's... Okay. So they tailed. They were just waiting for the appropriate time. Like, if it wasn't a Flying J, it was just like the rest stop for like, oh, Bob, I got to go take a leak. And that they would have hit it then. Ah, man. Maybe they did... You know how they have those little things that you could put on, like, your keychain? So if you, like, lose your keys, you the can Apple go on Air your tag? computer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe they did that. Maybe they just tagged sure. the truck like and, like, followed it around. Sure. But you, how long are you following it around for, though? It's going, it's going from, like, one show to another yeah right and presumably it's going to make it to that second show unmolested right mean like truck stop or no truck stop lunch dinner what have you right someone's going to be guarding the truck and so so you're not going to have that opportunity presumably some people value an unmolested snatch yeah fbi officials say obviously they're examining everyone who knew about the move the Flying J Travel Center is open 24 hours a day on Fraser Mountain Park Road and includes a Dunkin' Donuts Express and a Wendy's with space for 47 trucks. Truck stop cargo thefts, according to insurance industry underwriters, are relatively common. But data on U.S. truck stop cargo thefts between 2012 and 2018 showed only one theft in Lebec. So they performed this huge snatch at a location which has only ever recorded one okay so you're saying that it's plausible that people let their guard down like oh this is the big flying j with the 47 wendy spots and you know it's got huge security and lots of cameras you know everybody you'd be stupid to try and do a thing here right maybe i don't know maybe they did it for the prestige no well then then let's find their tiktok channel then prestige prestidigitation that's the one that's what prestigajigu Pull a rabbit out of my hat. <laughs> uh, the Flying J Travel, uh, we already said that. Brinks declined to comment beyond a statement saying last week a loss involving a Brinks vehicle occurred near Los Angeles. According to the information the customers provided to us before they shipped their items, the total value of the missing items is less than $10 million. <laughs> Of course. We are working with law enforcement. We will fully reimburse our customers for the value of the assets that were stolen in accordance with the terms of our contract. Somewhere between a dollar and infinity. More Free Talk Live coming up. We're back. No? Okay, yes. only two or three. Oh, you're back too? Oh, I'm back. Okay, I'm just checking. Yes. I thought maybe is back. you got a little alfalfa kind of thing going on with the headphones. It's pretty pretty sweet. Styling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for those of you who are wondering what I'm talking about, video.freetalklive.com. 
if I turn my head to look at the camera, yeah. I can't see it anymore because I have to turn this way to view the camera. Yeah. It's, it's confusing. Yeah. Like we've had people uh, either in the chat room or call in and be like, "Yeah, I saw the way you just looked at him." And like <laughs> like no, I was looking over <laughs> at like this empty area, but because of the way the the cameras are positioned, they think that you're looking at him or he's looking at you or you're looking at me or I'm looking at both of you or whatever it is. Give right? me those come snatch me eyes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, speaking of video.freetalklive.com, uh, our video archives have been over on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of that here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on all things covid the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app over at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you to visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. That's video.freetalklive.com. I'm just looking over at you guys to confuse some of the people who are watching. And they're like, why is he? What's he doing? What is he doing? Why is he doing that? He's like a crazy person. Uh, We've been talking about the huge snatch. Apparently a Brinks armored tractor trailer like semi-truck style like all armored and like videoed yeah. and you know all that bulletproof kind of cab with bulletproof glass and armed guards and all apparently robbed of possibly more than a hundred million dollars worth of watches and jewels and diamonds and rubies and lions and tigers and bears oh my yeah and a lock less secure than your phone <laughs> apparently there's killers on the loose because they couldn't get through the biometrics but brings easy to bypass Apparently, uh, this occurred relatively recently within the past, uh, I think, week. Uh, Brinks declined to comment, saying, you know, basically vagaries that uh, there was a thing and, you know, we're looking into it. It was only like eight million dollars worth of stuff. We're, we're working with the cops and, uh, yeah, you know, we'll uh, you know do everything in accordance with the terms of the contract. The Brinks Global Services website lists the trade show locations on a link to trade shows. The show in San Mateo ran from July 8th through the 10th with the Pasadena show scheduled for July 15th through 17th. What the author appears to be alluding to is that perhaps it's a bad idea for Brink's website to list the locations of the gem diamond gold jewelry trade shows where their trucks might be transporting stuff and you know they might from. they might want to do something you know you know how they have multiple cars for like when the president goes somewhere sure entourage or yeah. whatever so, so they have, yeah. maybe i mean it would be more expensive obviously but they they could have like a decoy truck you know something like that to make it not as easy the yeah. trucks never stop moving yeah right we don't know which one has the jewels in it exactly yeah. the, the, <laughs> you see it in the in the movies where like the high value military target Right, and they've got you know two or three of the same vehicles, right, so that yeah, if anybody's right. trying to target the one, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. they that, got the wrong one. You know, if if I saw a highly armored tractor trailer, like flanked by two blacked out <laughs> Suburbans, though, 
probably going to pick that one out. <laughs> Although, Not a lot of urban camouflage there. Right, but perhaps Brinks could take a lesson here and employ uh, black suburbans. Okay. Just for that particular purpose, right? So, like. Or any ethnic suburbans. <laughs> <laughs> Richie Rich, you're hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to derail I, you that hard. Yeah, you you just snorted a little bit. I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's really the end of the of the story of the big snatch. I a hundred million dollars more than a hundred million dollars depends on who you ask. I think, we asked the insurance company. I, I think less it's than less 10. than ten, actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> Arnold Duke, the president of the International Gem and Jewelry Show, says we're looking at more than $100 million in documented losses. Right. The, the guys who own the jewels are yeah. saying over $100 million, Right. Right. Brinks and the insurance company are like, <laughs> nah, bro, less than 10. What if there was like nothing in the truck and like the bins that, you know, whoever these people like hauled away? It's just an insurance scam at was, that point. You know, and... Everything's still at the last place, right? Yeah. It's in like in the basement somewhere, <laughs> in the ceiling of the men's room. Ocean's yeah. fourteen. <laughs> yep, the big California snatch. <laughs> Ocean's three thousand eight hundred and seventy-two. <laughs> I will say this. Okay, so we you, you commented you started with the comment about um, the the Brinks website having the information on where the trucks were going to be and where they were going. However, if you're casing the art show anyway, or the gem show, I ended with that, but sure. Okay, well, I mean, it was the start of this part of the the conversation. Okay, Um, like that's going to be if you if you're casing it, that's going to be common knowledge anyway, right? Because you're already going to know where each show is in that general area. Like, oh, it's going from L.A. to Pasadena Mm -hmm. because you you know that the gem show is in L.A. and if you follow that you know that culture. You know that the next show's coming up in Pasadena. Right. So the fact that Brinks had it on the website, I don't think is that big of a deal. Do you think that, um, you know, do you think that there's some, I don't know, some hot air involved in, in this in any way, shape, or form? What do you mean by hot air? Like, she, I, th- I already said, I think it's an inside job. I led with that. Uh, that's true. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of, um, oh, I don't know, flatulence, for example. Oh, okay. Hmm. You know, do you think uh, you think there's some gas going on here somewhere? For, do you think for, for 27 probably. minutes they were just in the in the stall, wondering <laughs> what they're gonna do with that big old snatch? I, I was trying to like artfully craft a segue into this into this next bit. And then you fartfully craft a segue. <laughs> That's a little more accurate. <laughs> Once again, clarifying our stance here at Free Talk Live. Richie Rich is spot on. Not the anarchists, these anarchists. These and then, anarchists. of course, not artfully, but fartfully <laughs> crafting a segue. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to talk about this article that Richie Rich, of course, brought in from the Green Lemon, which I've never even heard of. The Green Lemon is no, not, you even, have, like you have, dot, it's not it, even a dot com. It's a dot M-E. I've brought in a What's number. What's dot M-E? Of, I don't know. Is that like Mexico? I brought or? in a number of Green Lemon sources because I found one article from them. That went, wow, this is fantastic. Right, and then I added them to the list of sources oh, that I go to for tabloids. So I have stuff. heard of them. You've definitely, we've definitely done green lemon stuff on this show. Coming up, man who hasn't stopped farting since eating ham roll in 2017. Well, we'll find out what he did and who he sued and for how much. This is Free Talk Live.
And we're back. Yes, we are back. And we're front and we're side. I don't know. Are we even three-dimensional? In a four-dimensional world. Now here's Tom with the weather. It go rain. <laughs> it is Free Talk Live. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's program. The telephone number 603-283-6160 if you would like to join the conversation. Again, 603-283-6160. Before we go on, I have to say thank you to Ukraine, that's with an EU, Ukraine 79, who is a silver level amplifier. What does that mean? What is a silver level amplifier? What's an amplifier? What's What are these levels? Well, if you head over to amps.freetalklive.com, you'll find out all about our amplifier program. Ukraine Silver donates $5 a month to the AMPS program. What happens to that money, you might ask? That's a great question. That money goes to getting this particular radio program onto more radio stations. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So Ukraine 79 finds value in this program, enough value that they want to help us spread the message of liberty, of peace, of freedom, and prosperity to more people in more ways. We're currently on somewhere close to 200 radio stations. We could be on more. We're on the Internet. We're on a couple of satellite stations. If you find value in this program, if you enjoy the cast of characters, the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, uh, please consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Ukraine79. We appreciate you and your support. It's like Free Talk Live Freedom War Bonds or Freedom Bonds. Contribute to the freedom effort. Well, we want freedom from bondage, dude. Yeah. Unless, of course, it's voluntary bondage. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving right along through no segue whatsoever. Man who hasn't stopped farting since eating ham roll in 2017 sues Stahl, who sold it to him for 200000 So this this article is new. Right, like this is this this published uh, July twenty third, twenty twenty two. Right, so the Genesis event is like five years old. Or like he bought a ham sandwich. He's been five, five years, years flatulent. Ago. That's a lot of farting. That is wow. But like, can how he, intermittent is it, and how much of that can actually be blamed on the thing that he ate on the five on those ham sandwich five years ago. Um, I, I eat a can of chili, and I, it like re-ups my supply for a little bit. Well, I mean, this sort of renews the conversation about like methane-powered vehicles, for example. Sure, <laughs> you know, self-propulsion is now a you know a concept. Um, I know. Uh, I'm trying to remember where the story came from. I, I I had a story at some point. I don't know if I talked about it on the air, but it was somebody invented a way for your flatulence to power like a suit that you're wearing so like if you're wearing this this thing your the the methane or the gases in in your flatulence would like charge your cell phone for example okay right because you're wearing this thing and it's got a usb port and you know you plug your phone into it or whatever and somehow i think it was the combination of the flatulence and the movement like the kinetic energy okay. that's generated by hu- regular human movement would combine to be able to charge a cell phone i'm not sure where that came from but i remember it and then you get home, and your wife doesn't let you in until you take a shower. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, you know, I mean, your phone's charged, so. Oh, yeah. Bo- yeah. Bonus points there. Yeah. <laughs> 46 year old Tyrone Prades. Prades? Prades? Prad- How do you say that? P R A D E S. I don't know. However, 46 year old Tyrone has sued Frankfurt Christmas Market Limited over a food infection caused by salmonella. Yes, I pronounced the L in salmonella. That has seen him suffer for over five years. Prades of Chippenham. This is all, you know, out of Britain. Sure. Regular Britain, not Great Britain, just regular, regular ass Britain. Regular, average Britain. <laughs> Nominal Britain. <laughs> Wilt has stomach complications that have him farting after purchasing a ham roll when he visited the Birmingham Christmas market with his wife and kids. Now, uh, now, skip that part. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's pretty short. Wait, there's got to be a read more somewhere. I'm missing the link. Captain OG read more. Yeah. Well, it's these tabloid sites that always I have, know. you know, they got to make you do a thing before you can anyway. He complained of fever, vomiting, stomach cramps, and diarrhea from the ham roll he ate in December 2017. His lawyers informed the court that Prades has been bedridden for about five weeks and added it had cost him his reputation for embarrassing moments at public places and gatherings. So five weeks recently or five weeks after the Genesis event in December? Like, did he miss Christmas and New Year's? Mm, I, I mm, yeah, it doesn't specify. Uh, Robert Parkin, one of the lawyers standing in for Prades, told the court that months after the subsiding of the illness, he still experienced weird stomach noises in his GI. That's gastrointestinal system. The claimant continues to suffer from excessive flatulence which causes him a great deal of embarrassment. The symptoms are primarily fatigue and altered bowel function associated with churning within his abdomen and flatulence. Maybe he just developed IBS or maybe had it all along. Yeah, maybe he's got a medical issue. The claimant's stomach continues to make frequent churning noises to the extent his sleep can become disrupted, Mr. Robert narrated to the high court. They were all stoned, man. The high court. Woke himself up with a fart. All rise, man. (laughs) The high court. (laughs) You may be seated. (laughs) Someone go to the Flying J and grab some Wendy's. (laughs) Counsel, approach the bench. The extent of the symptoms has been life-changing, the prosecuting lawyer also insisted. Other customers who visited the stall reportedly fell ill as well, but it wasn't verified that what Prades and the others suffered from was caused by salmonella. More so with the allegation claiming the flooring company boss had been infected with salmonella, deemed debatable as no trace of salmonella was found amid an investigation. Philip Davy, the lawyer representing the Frankfurt Christmas Market LTD, told the high court the council environmental health officers only found a trace of E. coli on a knife, but no salmonella was seen. So food poisoning happens fairly regularly, mm-hmm. right? Like it doesn't have to be in the news, like, you know, there's product recalls and whatnot. Like, yep. oh, the salmonella or the E. coli right on your on your romaine lettuce. Yep. Um, but they, they find that out because someone gets sick. Right. Right. Or like, you know, like they trace it back because multiple people got sick. Yep. You know, and so they obviously there was something wrong with this particular ham at this particular place because multiple people got sick. You know, they all experienced him, whether it's the E. coli, the salmonella or whatever. But five years later to sue. That seems an excessive period of time. Right. 
Have like, you ever had, uh, you know, any kind of, you know, salmonella or food poisoning? Anything? I have actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was for the centennial of the Statue of Liberty. Oh. Yeah. I was in New York City and it was very hot and I, I made the mistake of getting like a tuna fish sandwich at a place. Okay. And didn't take long. Uh, New York City where Liberty is a statue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, that's just, yeah. just nasty. How long did the effects last? A day, two? Uh, I, I think it was le- it was less than a week. It was maybe a few days. If this but, was less than five years ago. You should sue. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Davy further pointed out that the allegation claiming Prades was suffering from salmonella must be verified because he didn't mention that he was suffering from the E. coli infection, the only bacteria seen on the knife. So far, the market has been closed and sanitized after the investigation by Public Health England. And the market's operator has denied the allegations laid by Prades. However, the case will continue as a trial. So when did they do this investigation? Like, how long was that market closed? Five years later, they found a trace of E. coli on the same knife that was yeah, in 2017. I, it's not. They don't do a very good job. It's a tabloid source, but it's not. But you will continue to follow this because, well, you're you. <laughs> 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. final segment of free talk live we're here seven nights a week from 7 p.m until 10 p.m eastern time uh you might be listening to this program outside of those hours some of our affiliates uh and some places might play this show outside of those hours but if you want to call and interact with our amazing hosts and co-hosts and and that type of a thing please call between 7 p.m and 10 p.m eastern time seven nights a week in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain, Big Kahuna, and Rich Rich. And without any further ado, let's go to Jack calling from Washington. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, the question, where did that big snatch happen? What state? California. Okay. Home of I, I, all the large snatches, I think. Well, no, there's a bigger snatch, I think, uh, down in Arizona. Oh. Ooh. Wait, no, New Mexico. Okay. Uh, 10 or 11 years ago, uh, Jules Romero uh, took uh, and snatched uh, some children away, apparently. Nice. From, a, I don't know, one of your callers. David. David, yeah, yeah. So I guess we guys brought up Big Snatch and, you know, all the thievery of that armored truck. It's, it just reminded me of, of him and situation was it know, uh john john j romero and yeah and monica yeah. zamora and monica zamora and uh i wish he would listen i'd actually like to get a little bit further into his head you know he repeats himself but i kind of like want to know more about like where he's coming from would that snatch really be worth more than 100 million though i mean it's just kids how much what's, is a what's, what's the earnings potential of that, really? How much is a child's life worth? Is it worth more than $100 million in jewels and diamonds and lions and tigers and bears? Oh, my. 
Oddly it enough, economists were calculating that for you. At the time. I'm sorry, you both were talking. Uh, go ahead, Jack. Oh, I just said, uh, depends on what country is selling the children. Oh, right. I don't think that's not happening right here in this country. Well, and what did you say? Richard? I said economists will calculate that for you. Economists will calculate that for us. It's because good. corporations will figure that out, right? Like, do we really want to recall this and fix the part on that Pinto? Aren't nah, you, we'll just pay out. You're, you're, you're kind of okay with numbers, aren't you, Big Kahuna? Yeah, yeah I'm all think? right with them. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, value of a human life versus the value of the big snatch we discussed here tonight. Oh, man, that's a loaded question. I know. Um, but, I mean, if you looked at it pure, pure economics, probably the $100 million's worth more. Yeah, yeah. It's Again, it's, it's usually calculated by lifetime earnings potential. Yeah. I mean, and most people aren't going to make a hundred million dollars no, in a lifetime. No, I, I know I'm not. <laughs> Jack, are, are you worth a hundred million dollars? Yeah. Uh, great show. I think that there was never anything in the truck, and it is an insurance scheme. There's at least a two percent, five percent chance that that's reality these days. So, yeah. it'll be curious to follow up on the story. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to add tonight? Uh, David needs to relax, man. That's it. He yeah, the all tense stuff, man. Like seriously, I turn it down. Yeah, but I appreciate you guys let him talk. Well, I mean, Richie Rich made a point. I don't know if you said it on air or whatnot, but like we kind of—I'm a free speech advocate, and so you know, I might not enjoy his particular you know repetitiveness and his topics and, and all that kind of thing. I do genuinely feel for the man. He has been put through the ringer regarding his children, and the state has definitely uh, you know done their share of screwing him over uh, in ways that most people can't even fathom. That being said, that doesn't make him like a super awesome dude. You know what I mean? Imagine Thanksgiving dinner with him. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can only imagine David from New Mexico with a bunch of wild turkey down his gullet. <laughs> his mom's even meaner. I mean, it'd just be a cage match. <laughs> anyway, Anything else? Guys. All right. Have a good night. Thanks for the call, Jack. Any other what, thoughts? Well, what I, what I did say off air was he's repetitive, number one. And you can so say that again. He's repetitive, number one. And so that doesn't make, for for regular listeners of the show, that doesn't make for good radio, right? Because I listen to last night's show, I listen to tonight's show, I listen to tomorrow's show, and he's going to say the same thing, mm-hmm. right? That being said, Free Talk Live, free speech platform within you know constraints and limits is like the last place that will platform him, right? And to get his message out to as wide an audience as he can because he's burned the local bridges in New Mexico. Right. Right? Like, they they have local shows where those people might be more inclined to be sympathetic towards his cause, uh, and he's not allowed to call those anymore, you know, for violations of their terms and conditions. So, like, the Free Talk Live nationally syndicated radio show where not a lot of people, you know, really care all that much about local corruption in New Mexico is the only outlet he really has left. All right. Uh, so finally here tonight, <laughs> I, I do wish that uh, Nikki was here for this particular one, but this from the Wall Street Journal, Bend and Blaze, high yoga classes are all the buzz these days. These guys are trying so hard with this headline. I was expecting Nikki when I pulled that one. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be great because she does yoga. Inhale and exhale takes on a new meaning at yoga studios where you can smoke pot. 
high yoga. There's got to be a better name than high yoga, right? Combine it with the goat yoga, and you get like stone goats (laughs) crawling on your back. Stone goat yoga. That's the name of the newest yoga studio. Nice. Stoned goat yoga. We blaze up the baby goats, man, and they just crawl how all is, over you while you're doing your how downward How is this dog. article out of New York? Isn't it like, uh, like, don't they send in SWAT teams if you smoke a joint in well, New York? Well, let's find out. Soothing music wafted. <laughs> Reference to flatulence from earlier. Soothing music wafted through the brick-walled studio. Legging-clad students rolled out their mats on a Monday evening. Yoga class got underway at Bend and Blaze in Brooklyn. True to the name, the routine yoga instruction of inhale and exhale <laughs> took on a whole new meaning here. The rolled class, out their mats and rolled up rolled a up. joint. The class touts a higher yoga experience, and it means that, quite literally, participants are invited to smoke marijuana during the session. People want the community. They want to find their stoner circle. They want to find this connection, says Bend and Blaze instructor Amanda Hits. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> As students got ready for class, they lit up and cannabis smoke expanded throughout the room. Then participants teetered in a tree pose, extended into downward facing dog, and lunged forward into warrior one. Miss Hitz notices students in her cannabis infused classes seem particularly flexible and laid back (laughs) rather than my money right rather than being traumatized about falling out of a pose and having it wreck a class she says it's much more of a laughing matter around 20 states have legalized recreational marijuana including new york in 2021 Mm. i must have missed that and high yoga i'm just used to new york being like the evil empire that you know they have better marijuana laws than new hampshire this is a fact according to this article uh, and high yoga is a budding activity. Sales of nice. legal U.S. pot have grown into a multi-billion dollar business. Just don't put it on a Brinks truck if you're trying to move it from place to place. Yeah. At the same time, pandemic era Zoom classes made yoga accessible to more people than ever before. Some in the yoga community find the pairing disjointed. <laughs> I got an idea. Clever. High yoga at the Flying J. Yep. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Yoga Journal magazine has dubbed the tension Yoga and Weed Debate. Christine Weber, a yoga teacher and trainer who founded Subtle Yoga in Asheville, North Carolina, says she doesn't take issue with the marijuana smoking, but sees it as counterintuitive to yoga's purpose. Substances blur your reality. They blur your capacity for expansion, she says. Supporters, meanwhile, go deep into the weeds to make their case. (laughs) Cannabis, I thought I was, like, trying hard at, like, being puns, but no, these guys have put me to shame. They're trying really hard. Supporters, meanwhile, go deep into the weeds to make the case. Cannabis has long been linked with yoga, says author and yoga instructor Dee DeSalt, who founded Ganja Yoga. That's a much better name. Ganja Yoga, which offers cannabis-enhanced yoga classes and teacher training. In 2009, uh, oh, that's when they were offering it, ancient texts reference a plant that is used... Something fragrant that makes you high and speak with the deities, she says. Combine it with the Bikram yoga or the other hot yoga and you can really hot box yeah. while you're stretching. Uh, it's quite amazing. I have made an awful lot of friends from 420, they say. So there it is. High yoga. Uh, I mean, I've never really done yoga. Puff, like, puff pose. I, I, puff pose. That's nice. <laughs> I, I, I had an ex-girlfriend that was into it and she tried to get me and I'm just like, no, I'm just going to go over here and like lift a weight or something. Yep. You know? So. That's what men do. We are out Pick of time. Pick up heavy stuff and put it back down. <laughs> Repeat. 
Thank you, Richard Rich. Thank you, Big Kahuna. I appreciate you guys. Thank you to all our listeners and our callers. I appreciate you. Peace.